This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. In a special episode, I'll be talking once again to Andy Buckley-Taylor, who blogs about Derby County for the Derbyshire Times. He's on to give the opposition view of the semifinal first leg match between Fulham and Derby County. We have much to discuss. Before we go on any further, I have to welcome back my guest to the show. Andy, welcome back to Cottage Talk. How are you doing? Hi, Russ. Uh, I'm fine, thanks. Uh, how are you doing? It's great to be back. I am doing great, my friend. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right into this. And I just want to get your feel for how things have been going recently for Derby County. And uh, I watched the match against Cardiff City and uh, very happy that, that you got that victory. And I think things have turned since then. So let's focus on the Cardiff City match and get your thoughts on that and the form recently after that because things have gone better since then. Yeah, I, I, th- I think what it is, I mean, obviously, after having a very impressive run unbeaten, um, we went into the, the usual uh, winter slump, and uh, Gary Rowett uh, tweaked things. He, he just made a few modifications to um, the formation in which we play. And there was, there was actually green shoots of improvement against Middlesbrough. Although we lost um, 2-1, the signs were there. So we, we we got to the uh, the Cardiff City game, and uh, we went well. Cardiff City uh, took the lead, and uh, earlier on in the game. But even when they had taken that lead, we were in the match. You could tell um, that you know we 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 we're going to try, or at least you know attempt to make some sort of comeback. Um, the signs were there. And, of course, you know, the rest is history. Um, uh, we equalised. Um, Cameron Jerome 
Then Matty Vidra putting us up 2-1. And then Cameron, Cameron Jerome with a second goal, um, making it 3-1, which I thought was important in that sort of game. If you're only one goal ahead of Neil Warnock, you're not safe. In fact, he, he's come back against us before um, when he's um, been two goals behind and as late as the 90th minute as well. So uh, a, a much more assured performance and the team looked a lot better in in the way in which they uh, executed their plays, made their passes. And, I, and, I, and overall, I, I think the neutrals uh, would have enjoyed that as a good game to watch as well. Oh, absolutely, Andy. Let me just say this. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. My kids were worried about me. And they were saying, what is going on with you? It's not even a full match. And I was so excited that you got that victory. Obviously, at the time, it, it was helping Fulham. But it was great to see the comeback. and glad that you talked about that and how you guys played. And uh, that's going to be a great transition. Let's talk about the formation change. You talked about it. So what has been going on with this formation change to a 3-2-4-1 and what it hasn't meant? Well, we had previously played in a 4-2-3-1. He's now took it to a 3-2-4-1. Now, he's playing wing-backs um, as opposed to traditional full-backs um, where you've got, you've got people like Andre Wisdom. Now, playing in the wing-back position, we can use his attacking threat with greater effect. And he, he is a threatening player going forward. Uh, on the left-hand side, um, we've had Marcus Olsen, but he won't be playing there Friday because he's now injured. I mean, what the formation gives you, apart from it's better on the attacking, because you, you've, got, you've, you've got like your three centre-backs, your two defensive midfielders, you've got a five-man defence when, um, when the opposition's uh, attacking you, but on, on, at the other end of the field, you've got like a five-man attack. Right. And if, if, if you've got people like uh, Vyman and Vidra just sitting right behind Cameron Jerome, you know, um, it, it's uh, it's very handy. And one thing I have noticed with this formation, we seem to be finding more space into um, put the balls. And, and if you watch our first goal on Saturday, prime example was when uh, Bradley Johnson played the ball through for Cameron, Cameron Jerome's goal. Okay, excellent there, Andy. It's funny, you just mentioned Cameron Jerome. He's made an impact lately. Let's talk about him and uh, how things have been going since, uh, again, I watched against Cardiff City. He's kind of taken off since then. Yes, he has. Um, I think it's all about certain players uh, play better uh, in certain formations, certain systems. And you can compare it. Matty Vidra was uh, very ineffective last season because he was played as a lone striker by Nigel Pearson and Steve right. McLaren. And, uh, in fact, at Reading and West Brom, um, they had the same ineffectiveness because they weren't using him to his strengths. Now we're sitting behind the striker and he comes in with 22 goals. And I think with, with this formation now, Cameron Jerome um, is known for, you know, uh, being good in the air and having a bit of speed about him. We, we, we are being able to take advantage of the strengths that he has as a player. Okay, excellent there, Andy. And uh, how has this affected Vidra? I'm curious. Well, Vidra actually didn't start Saturday. He's, he, he's been on the subs bench, but um, he's come on early second half and he, and he scored. 
And um, Saturday, in fact, Saturday, he came on in the first half. Marcus Olsen went off injured and Vidra came on and uh, he scored one. And he also uh, set David Nugent up for the third goal as well. Um, in fact, here's an odd statistic for you, Russ. OK. Our, our substitutes have scored more goals than any other teams in the division. And I think there's a good feeling amongst the squad and... Uh, Players don't throw the toys out of the pram if they're on the bench because uh, you know if Vidra's on the bench, he's going to um, he's going to play some part in the game. Um, we can score goals with him and we can score goals without him. But um, when he is on the bench, he he can be uh, a real nuisance for um, opposition defences because he's then running against tired legs. Okay, excellent there, Andy. Very interesting about what's been going on with uh, Derby County and some of the players. And uh, I'm glad you talked about the substitute situation. I, I now want to focus a little bit on Rowett. And uh, I'm a fan of his because I, I see him as a manager that is willing to do what it takes to win. And uh, he's always given Fulham trouble, so I've always respected Rowett. Talk about the entire season under Rowett and uh, how maybe he's adjusted. Obviously, we're talking about the formation change. But there have been ups and downs this season. So talk about the season under him. Well, when he started this season, um, as we all know, previous managers had had generous budgets on which to spend players. And uh, purse strings have had to be tightened because our chairman, you know, he doesn't want us falling foul of the financial fair play regulations. So uh, he's had to wheel and deal a bit. And uh, Tom Ince and Will Hughes both left for substantial fees. And in fact, Will Hughes, some uh, people are touting for maybe a late England call-up. And he, he brought in players like, well, for instance, we got £2.5 million for Cyrus Christie from Middlesbrough, who's since moved on right. to yourself. But for that £2.5 million, we've picked up Curtis Davis, who's arguably been one of our better players, and Tom Huddleston, who, after a slow start, has blossomed in, again into the uh, player that we knew he was. His, his passing is an important feature of the team. Um, it, took him a, you know, it took him a few games to get them going. Then, of course, we went on an incredible run, losing very few games. And in the Christmas period, we were sitting pretty in second place, five points clear. But then came come the old usual derby winter wobble, where we went through uh, far too many games without recording any wins. But uh, I, I think Rowett's a clever manager because he'd have studied. He 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 would have identified we where we were weak, and um, he brought in Casey Palmer in the. January window hasn't featured a lot in the last couple of games, but he's still a weapon there um, to be used, you know, when needed. Right. Um, he's tweaked the formation. He's probably identified that certain players um, were better in certain formations. Hey, can I? I mean, can I tell you? Going back to last summer, there were some fans who weren't happy about the signing Curtis Davis because of his age. Um, right. In in in, in January, uh, I, I think I'd be accurate in saying the majority of the uh, Derby fans on social media weren't happy about assigning Cameron Jerome. 
Um, but, you know, uh, Rower has been uh, proved right to a certain extent in um, both these uh, situations. So I think fans are learning now more to trust the guy that when things do go wrong, when things aren't going wrong, he's the sort of manager that you do stick with and give him a proper chance to put things right. Right. And uh, there, there were those that <laughs> were doubting us after we're losing at home to Sunderland and then uh, getting thrashed also by Burton Albion. But it's the Derby way. We don't do things a simple way. We always, <laughs> we always do it the difficult way, Ross. <laughs> well, I understand that, my friend. And uh, I'm glad that you're sharing all this information with me uh, because, you know, foam supporters want to know what's going on with uh, the opponent. And what's interesting is that uh, I keep hearing this, that, Derby County is going to have this uh, winter issue, which they did have. But this seems to be a little bit different than, say, years past, Andy. And uh, I think you just nailed what might be a big difference, and that is Rowett and uh, being able to recruit correctly and eventually getting things right at the end. Because you can have your issue, your your time where you're struggling, but he rallied them at the end, and the team rallied behind him to end the season strong. So are you like me that see things a little bit differently than say the last couple of seasons? Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at our winless run, there was an awful lot of draws in there. And in previous season, there's been more losses. So, you know, we were wobbling, but not quite as much. Right. But um, previously, you know, in previous years, you see the signs on the field that the players, um, I've maybe uh, lost confidence in the manager. You didn't see it this time. I always believed that that he would turn things around. I did have my doubts, you know, the longer it went on, because, you know, that's just a natural reaction. That's human nature. um, Yeah, of course it is. I mean, like yourselves, I mean, earlier on in the season, things weren't going so well for you. And you were one of the Fulham fans who say stick with a manager. Yep. And you were proven, and you were proven right. And I yeah, think, it was. Like, I think and, and likewise in the case here, you know, uh, what is the point in changing a manager after January? A new manager can only. I agree, um, Andy. He's, he's got the same. He's got the same uh, pool of players to choose from. So you know, you, you just have to get behind the manager, have faith in him have faith in the players that they will eventually turn it round, And, and the, the timing couldn't have been more perfect. So hopefully they can uh, carry this momentum going into the game. That's very interesting, Andy. And this is going to lead me to talk about strengths and weaknesses of your side. And uh, I think we really have to talk about recent form being a factor in this because I want to talk about what it's like right now with Derby, not over the course of the season because we have to focus on how you're playing now like you mentioned already, the change of formation, how they're playing under route. So let's just look at what's going on right now as the strengths and weaknesses. And one of the things I want to ask you about has to be your uh, your back three, because when we played you earlier at Pride Park, I want to say that uh, our uh, striker, Mr. Mitrovic, did a number on your team. Do you think that was a factor in him changing to a back three? Uh <laughs> I think we played four two three one against you, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's hard to say for certain. I mean, I, I think the current, well, I hope the the, the current formation, the three two four one, is going to be more effective. 
Um, I, I know on paper you've got three defenders, but but you haven't actually. If you look at the bigger picture, you've right. got your three centre halves, you've got your two wing backs, and you Tom Buddleston can can always drop back and um, help the defence. In fact, in his early days when he was first starting out with Derby, he played a number of games at centre half. I, I, uh, I think Rowett will have done his homework on Mitrovic and he he will uh, utilise tactics um, which he believes will be the most effective in, in, stop of it, in stopping um, him from having the same sort of success. Okay, well, let's now get into it because uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on strengths and weaknesses. So going into this match, where do you see the strengths and are there any weaknesses that you're concerned about heading into this match with Falm? Well, our strengths, um, I think we're one of the most aerial dominant teams. Um, we've got pace down the, down the uh, flanks like yourselves. Um, we've got the, probably the most clinical finishing striker in the division. If you look at how many shots we've had on target and how many goals we've scored, I think the, uh, the production rate is quite impressive. I haven't got the stats in front of me, but uh, going on memory, I think um, we've got one of the best centre-halves in the division in Curtis Davis, yep. obviously our, our goalkeeper. And, 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 you know, even Wolves fans said that uh, the, the PFA team of the year, that Scott Carson should have been ahead of John Ruddy. And that came from Wolves fans as well. Wow. And uh, it's not just his shot, his shot stopping, his general distribution is very good as well. And if, if he if he sees a team that he thinks are, are falling asleep a bit, you know, they're leaving a gap further down the field, he will get that ball to uh, a white shirt um, ready to take advantage. Um, weakness, weaknesses, we've had some lapses in concentration in defence and um, we can re- be vulnerable against pacey wingers, as, as, as you would know, as right. Mr. Sessignon there. Uh, Proved at uh, Pride Park, and, and, and in the first game at your place as well, uh, Ryan Fredericks um, uh, gave Craig Forsyth quite a torrid time with his Right, attack. I remember that. Okay, very good there, Andy. And uh, before we get into Gary Rowett's strategy, what you think would be his strategy, what can we learn from these uh, two matches that Fulham and Derby County have played, in your opinion? Well, I think if we go back further, there's no two matches between Derby and Fulham that are ever exactly the same. Um, both of them, score-wise, were tight. Obviously, 1-1 and 2-1. Um, Fulham were the better side at Pride Park, but, but Derby still had chances um, later on in the game to rescue something out of the game. Um, I, I, I think it, it's going to be a game where... we're. It, if, if either side goes a goal down, the heads won't drop. The, the right. two sides that will plug away at it. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you now, after Friday's night, whoever is leading the tie, provided it's not by more than two goals, the tie is very much alive. You, I mean, if, if, if you look at playoffs through the years, yep. an away win doesn't always bring win you the tie. Sure. So many times... So many times teams have gone away and won. In fact, when we've, um, a couple of times, like the, the last time we went to Wembley, we won away at Southampton and then they won at our place. 
and then the rest is history, you know, with the extra time in penalties. Uh, two years ago against Hull City, we were 2-0 down. And I said, we're not out of this tie, you know, we're not out of this tie yet. Unfortunately, we lost 3-0. Now, we won 2-0 at their place, didn't quite do enough, but we had a 20-minute spell where we looked like we were going to get something out of the game. Such is the nature of the playoffs. Right. You know, <laughs> you're not home until you're home, unless you're, you you got a ridiculous lead, like three, four, five goals. Sure. It's a good point, Andy. I'm glad that you brought that up because uh, I, I think that we have to see this play out over the two legs because I, I, I don't think – it's a good point to talk about the two-goal advantage. I think if it's two goals, it's certainly not over for either side, and we're going to have to see how it all plays out. If it's beyond that, then maybe someone has an advantage. But if it's just two goals, it's all on at Craven Cottage. It's a very good point. I'm glad that you brought that up, my friend. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Gary Rao. What do you think will be his strategy against Fulham at Pride Park? What will his strategy be? I don't know. Well, uh, I don't think he'll sit. I don't think he'll sit as deep and just rely on the counter attack. Um, I think uh, he will encourage the team to take the initiative and put pressure on your back four from the start. But also, when, when you're on the attack. Yep he will use that counter-attack because Fulham are very strong all over the park. But you can be caught out. Um, you know, once you, when you've been on an attack, you sometimes do leave your defence a little bit vulnerable. And I'm sure that's where he would have noticed. You know, all good um, teams that play nice football like Fulham. Yep. The weakness is usually that... Uh, when on the attack and then losing possessions, can be uh, vulnerable to the counter-attack. And I, I think he'll use that. And I, I also think he will try and uh, utilise the pace of Cameron Jerome. Um, but I, I fully expect uh, when the game kicks off on Friday night that we will, we will go for it right from the kickoff. And I hope you do, Andy. And let me stress this because I think that will make uh, for a very good match for, for both teams. Obviously, it's going to be very nervy, these two matches, but I think it suits both teams if both teams go for it. And I'm glad to hear that you believe that Derby County is going to go for it, going to play football. And one little thing that I, I want to ask you about, it it involves Pride Park because Fulham have dealt with this in a few locations lately. It happened at St. Andrews. I don't think it's going to happen at Pride Park. Pride Park, I don't think, is going to be a dry pitch, Andy. It was at St. Andrews. It was also when Fulham played Millwall. Do you think that the pitch will be, I guess you could say, a good surface that's not going to be a dry pitch because uh, it does affect the passing. It would affect the passing of both teams that want to play football. I'm curious your thoughts on that because it was good gamesmanship, I believe, by Birmingham City to set the pitch up that way. But will it happen at Pride Park? I don't think so, but I th- think you would know better than me. Um, whenever you go to Pride Park, when it's nice, sunny weather, as it is at the moment, uh, saying that now, it'll probably rain on Friday. But <laughs> if, if, if it's a nice, you know, warm, sunny day, the sprinklers will be out. Um, the pitch is usually in tip-top condition. And most games we go to, you know, unless it's absolutely uh, pouring down with rain, the sprinklers are on. Um, nice, tight 
uh, cut grass. The ball usually rolls nicely across the surface, and it, it, it's suitable for all types of games, whether you, you play um, a multi-passing game, whether you play a more direct style. I think uh, any, any style of football can be played on it, and, that, and that's what I expect on Friday. I expect that as well. I'm glad that you just clarified that, and uh, you're going to have that at uh, Craven Cottage as well because uh, you can expect that. But uh, it wasn't like that in a couple of different matches lately for Fulham, so it's been a little bit of a talking point. That's why I wanted to bring that up, Andy. All right, who are your key players for Derby County against Fulham? My key players. Um, Curtis Davis, marshalling the, uh, the back line. Um, he's had an outstanding season. He's now the captain. When Richard Keogh was dropped, uh, Davis got given the armband and he's retained it. Um, he's, he's very, very popular with the fans and rightly so because of uh, the season he's had. Um, what could be key to us? I mean, obviously, Tom Buddleston is always a key player. But if Bradley Johnson can keep up the form from his last two or three games, that, that could be uh, a little bit extra for us. Um, he's, he's, he's put in some good performances of late. His passing has been much, much better. And that's ultimately, that's where I see the key to the game is not letting too many passes strain to opposition hands. Right. Um, Tom Lawrence has hit form in the uh, past six or seven games. He's played he, a lot He's lot been better. up and down throughout the season though, Andy, correct? Yeah, I think Ipswich played him in more a central role where we've played him wide out, you know, and uh, he's more suited playing, you know, more towards the middle and uh, he's looked much, much better from that. He can be dangerous from long range, although, I mean, he's only got half a dozen goals and we'd like to see a few more, so hopefully he's been saving them up. Um, Vidra, obviously... Because if, if you give the guy, if you give him a yard against a defender, he's going to bury the, he's, he's going to stick it in the back of the net. Um, he he misses very very few chances, and and, and obviously uh, utilizing if we can utilize Cameron Jerome for his speed yep. and uh, and that these, these are going to be the key areas to me. But the match I think will be won on the team making the fewest errors. You know, um, That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Because it's going to be going to the, Yeah, the ball going to the right colour shirt. Not necessarily possession, because, uh, you know, we, we sometimes get teams at Pride Park. Uh, uh, they're making like 20, 30 passes just to get over the halfway line. But... Um, Fewer passes can be better if you if you, if you, if you can hit a nice long pass, but it's going to one of your players. That's as good as you know some uh, a, a pretty sequence of four or five passes. Okay, very interesting there, Andy. And that's going to lead me to ask you to put you in the shoes of uh, Savisi Okanovic. I've done this before. If you were him, what would be your strategy against Derby County? My strategy, if I was your manager, is just to play your regular game. Um, it's been successful. Your missing link was Mitrovic up front, yeah. and uh, you filled that now. Now, you, now you've got him uh, knocking the, the goals away. I can't see, if, if I was a Fulham manager, 
I wouldn't be changing anything much at all. Um, you know, it's uh, if it's if it's it's not broken, so I mend it. I mean, right. Saturday was a blitz. Saturday was a blitz, um, and you were playing a team that were under threat from relegation, so that counts for something else. They've just appointed Gary Monk, who's uh, who's done pretty well since um, he uh, took the reins at Birmingham. I think Middlesbrough were a bit premature in sacking him. And uh, also, Russ, I think it's actually good for you that if you were going to end up in the playoffs, that you lost the game before you went in. I know you told me that. Talk a little bit yeah, about you... that because because Fulham supporters are feeling really bad about the loss. But you actually messaged me right afterwards telling me that you thought it was it could actually be a, a good thing. Well, yeah, I mean, there's... There's two ways of looking at, at, at this as a positive. First of all, if you went into the playoffs and still on that unbeaten run, the pressure is going to be immense on your players. Now you can sort of, you know, sort of step back and chill a bit. You know, hey, look, we're beatable. And also the players know they're beatable as well. And therefore, because if you get into a long run you can it can encourage a little bit of complacency into a side a, a, a good reality check and also the fact is that less pressure not being on that unbeaten run as well that can work in your favor there is the flip side where they might be disappointed that if they'd won they'd have been automatically promoted so obviously you know if if you had won it it would have been good but well, it would be more than good, but if you are going, if you were going to end in the, up in the playoffs, the loss needed to come at some time before you entered them. Right. If you get what I mean, I know. No, I do. Bit, I absolutely do, Andy. It, it's funny because uh, while you're talking about this, I'm going to be talking about a different sport that some are not going to be able to understand. But um, the New England Patriots went on this uh, 21 unbeaten streak and then got beaten by the Pittsburgh Steelers several years ago, and then they just, from that point on, then dominated afterwards. It was a almost a reality check. It reset them. So I understand what you're saying about that. It could be a situation like that. Uh, hopefully there isn't a hangover. That's the part you're talking about. It could go one of two ways. We'll see if they run with it or if it becomes a hangover. I hope it's not going to be a hangover, my friend. All right, real quick, players that concern you from a Derby County perspective on phone. Well, I don't think it'd be a surprise for me to say uh, Sessignon and Fredericks, your wide men. Yep. Um, they 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 both had a lot of success against us um, play-wise in the two games we've played this season. I think Ryan Sessignon is probably the best young English player around at the moment, and I know he's only 17, but he will be in the England squad before too long. Um, Ryan Fredericks, I presume you'll start on the right rather than Cyrus Christie. Um, and he always poses a threat going forward. Uh, Tom Kearney, obviously, you know, he's, he's one of the top, top players of the division. And uh, we're going to have our work cut out to keep him quiet. Right. Um, my theory is if, if, you can, if you can keep those three quiet, theoretically, uh, Mitrovic shouldn't be... Uh, Fed balls to put in the net, so uh, right. But, uh, they're the three. I mean, Mitrovic obviously is a good striker, but he will rely on service from the other players around him. This is true. Kind of yeah. 
So it concerns me um, that we must, must um, handle Sessignon and Fredericks especially, and also Tom Kearney in midfield. I understand that. I, I, I could also say the other two in the midfield three, because it's not just about Kearney, but I understand you're focusing on Kearney as being a key player because he is, but I would also throw in McDonald and uh, and Johansson as well. But it is about the service to Mitrovic. If you cut off that service, then that could be an advantage for you. So I understand your logic behind that, Andy. That makes perfect sense. All right, let's now talk about your starting 11. We have the issue with Marcus Olsen you and I were talking about earlier. So what do you think will be Gary Rowett's starting 11? Uh, well, obviously, Scott Carson will start in goal. Um, the back three would be Richard Keogh, Curtis Davies, and then it would either be Craig Forsyth or Alex Pierce, depending on how he goes. Um, just in front, I'd expect uh, Bradley Johnson and Tom Huddleston in the holding roles. Um, provided, I mean, I think Bradley Johnson's fully fit now. If he wasn't, uh, Joe Ledley would be the alternative. Right. Now, it's, it's how he's going to... The fourth behind the striker is interesting to me. Andre Wisdom will start as a right wing-back. Right. Uh, the left wing-back, um, I don't know. If, if, if Craig Forsyth is in the back three, I expect it will probably be Tom Lawrence. But uh, if, if, he, if he plays Alex Pierce and has Craig Forsyth playing left wing back, you've got two from three to play in the middle there out of Andreas Feynman, Matty Vidra and Tom Lawrence. And uh, I think that would possibly give uh, Gary Rowett a bit of a headache. Personally, <laughs> I would go for Forsyth in the back three and I would actually use Lawrence on the left. Okay. You know, him and him and Vyman could switch around. Uh, uh, I, I can't see him dropping Andreas Vyman. Um, you know, it might even be that Vidra's on the bench. I don't know. Right. But Vyman has been in very good form That's lately. That's fascinating that he might be on the bench, Andy. <laughs> I find that fascinating. He, he, I mean, some people might laugh at that, but the, the last, the last uh, two or three games when um, he's been on the bench and, you know, it, it's, it's that left side. It's it's um, knowing what to do on that left side. Yeah, that that kind of controls everything, I guess, Andy. Yeah, that decision that would probably that will dictate. But I would play Forsyth in the back three. I would move Lawrence out to the left. But he may decide that he wants a more defensive player at left wing back. So, but Cameron Jerome should start in the number nine role. Yep. And then you know our other players. Um, sure. Joe Ledley, uh, the likes of, um, I don't know if Chris Baird, he hasn't been in the match day squad for the past few games, so I don't know if there's an issue with fitness. Ikechianya, I know he's injured. Casey Palmer will be on the bench, so that'll be a useful weapon if, if needed be. But that is, that's it. I will be very, very interested at quarter to seven on Friday night when that thing sheet comes out. The first thing I will look for is who was playing left wing back. Well, see, now you got me waiting for that as well. Forget about the form starting 11, just being about that. I now have to look at what the Derby County starting 11 in the 18 is going to be because now you've kind of laid out what could potentially happen. So that's very interesting. So now I'm going to be about both lineups, which, you know, I normally am anyways, but even more so because you really went 
into good detail explaining what the issue could be to making these decisions. They're going to be very interesting decisions for uh, Gary Rowett. All right, Andy. I'm glad I'm not picking the team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll be on. Russ, both, yes. both, both, the, both the options there have got merit. And uh, I just pray whichever one we choose is going to be the right one. <laughs> I understand what you mean by that, my friend. All right. Let's get your prediction for the first leg. Righty. You put me on the spot here. I did. And if I was to say that I honestly, um, I am actually really don't know because I think it'll be tight. And I think, I think who wins will win 1-0 or 2-1 or, you know, I think there'll be one goal in it. And unless you get a team who's like three goals clear, the tie's not going to be over. I'm. I don't know whether to go with head or. I, I can see a one-all draw, but I. I'm going to go two-one derby. Okay. But but I could see it easily being two-one Fulham. Right. Russ, I Russ, I could honestly see two away wins in this tie. Wow, it's very interesting. It, it's like. I, I was interviewed for BBC Local Radio two years ago when we was playing Hull City. Right. And we we'd done the double over them in the league. And the interviewer was saying, well, Derby must be confident. And I said, well, I don't know. And I said, I, I, I actually have got a real feeling that there'll be two away wins in here. And I nailed it. There was. You were two right. Two away yeah. wins. And we, sometimes uh, in these sort of games, we're better away than we are at home. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I think there'll be one goal in it. And I think the tie will still be alive on Monday, which I hope okay. it is. I hope it's alive all the way till the end. Okay, and uh, it could very well be, my friend. And listen, I, I wish you the best of luck. We'll see what happens. I'm going to make one prediction. It's not going to be on who wins, okay? I'm not going to predict that. I'll predict that on Cottage Talk, the preview episode on, on the first leg, and then obviously we'll be doing a second leg preview as well. But I'm going to predict overall the winner between Derby County and Fulham is going to win the final. I truly believe that, Andy. The best two managers, I believe, are in this matchup. People can point to Bruce. They can point to Paulus all they want. I think we have the two best managers. It's not the experience. It's who has the best minds. I think we have the best minds. I'm talking about Rowett and also Jokanovic. I also think that both managers will put their teams in the best position to succeed. So that's why... I think the winner of Fulham and Derby County will get promoted. I'm going to say that right now. That's my opinion, and I'm not going to change my mind on that. I've had people challenge me on that. I believe that's what's going to happen. Anyways, Andy, before we go, before we wrap this up, just tell everyone how they can follow you on Twitter. Uh, they can be following me on Twitter. Uh, my user handle is at booktaylor64, book is in B-U-C-K. I've also got a uh, Facebook page for the blog where I post the links. I also post okay. the links to the podcasts that appear on, like this one and the championship one, which we both do uh, every now and then. And yep. that's, it's simply called Book Taylor's Derby Blog. You, you, it couldn't be a, a, a more <laughs> uh, simple name. <laughs> but, hey, Russ, I, 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 think, I think you're right there. Uh, and I hope you're right. I, I hope whoever wins this tie goes through and wins at Wembley.
Me as well, my friend. And uh, I actually truly believe that when I've really thought about all four teams and uh, I thought about Aston Villa and Middlesbrough and I, I respect both teams. I, there are players on Middlesbrough that I fear. Traore is a player that I extremely fear. And uh, you have to fear players on Aston Villa as well. But when I look at it, when I look at the teams as a whole, I have to factor in the coaching. And I think both of our teams have the advantage. I know it's crazy to say because the other side, you have all that experience. But I'm sorry. I'm going with the two managers that I think will set their teams up better for a final. And I, th- I think we have them in, in this matchup, my friend. That's the last thing I want to say about this. But let's wrap this up for my guest, Andy Buckley-Taylor. I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.